This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show. That would be me here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. And oh boy, <clears throat> there goes my voice already right out of the gate. I'm already choked up and we haven't even discussed anything yet. We have a lot going on on today's show. Uh, we had to switch up uh, Dr. Ryan Cole. Remember on Tuesday had some technical, technological difficulty. So we just did a Theology Tuesday instead of Theology Thursday. Uh, he will join us today. Uh, at the top of the second hour. Also, a brand new movie is forthcoming in theaters later this month about the coming police state in America that may already be here. And the brains behind it, Dinesh D'Souza, will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour to give us a preview. So we look forward to that. Towards the end of the program, my oldest will be here with three non-political questions. And uh, per tradition, Whenever we have a new partner on the show, we want to make sure they get top billing as a way to say, welcome aboard. And that's our new friends at the Perfect Sleep Chair. Is there anything better than sitting at home on the weekends, watching football all day, sitting there with the, in the fall, relaxing in your favorite chair? Well, um, Perfect Sleep Chair uh, could very well be the best chair money could buy. I got one of these last week. They sent it to me. And temperature regulating the massage functions you can sit any way you want from straight up and down if you want that strong support on your back you can lay that's why it's called a perfect sleep chair you can lay down like totally flat like a bed in this thing man this chair <laughs> it's like you're a little excited about this chair uh, well, i'm not shocked either this is no this or or is that you thinking oh maybe i gotta get me one of those uh but this is this chair is absolutely something else. It is insanely comfortable. It's made by Journey Health and Lifestyle. They've been making health and home products for over 20 years. They're based right, right outside of D.C., so right here in the U.S. of A., with an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. So it's a company that you can trust. So if you're looking for the best chair that has sold more than 100,000 units already... If you're looking for the best chair to fall asleep in watching TV this fall, head to shopjourney.com slash Steve. Use the promo code Steve at checkout for $125 off your order. That's $125 off your order at shopjourney.com slash Steve. That, again, shopjourney.com slash Steve and let them know with the promo code Steve that we sent you. Promo code Steve to shopjourney.com slash Steve as we welcome aboard the perfect sleep chair. And it is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried about using the term perfect as a Christian man, but this chair is pretty close. It's something else now. So uh, welcome aboard to the perfect sleep chair. Uh, shopjourney.com slash Steve, promo code Steve. And with that, let's get to it. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. 
What Happened While We Were Away brought to you by Choose Your Fighter. But first, in the midst of the terror attacks in Israel that have now left 1,300 murdered, Michigan Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib has finally crossed the line. Here she is talking about Hezbollah terrorists. You know, Hezbollah is very smart. They're all very smart. The press doesn't like when they say it. You know, I said that President Xi of China, 1.4 billion people, he controls it with an iron fist. I said he's a very smart man. They killed me the next day. I said he was smart. What am I going to say? But Hezbollah, they're very smart. And they have a national defense minister or somebody saying, I hope Hezbollah doesn't attack us from the north. So the following morning, they attacked. Gotcha. Anyway, here's more from Trump last night in West Palm Beach talking about Bibi Netanyahu and the strike that killed Qassam Soleimani. I'll never forget that Bibi Netanyahu let us down. That was a very terrible thing, I will say that. And uh, so when I see uh, sometimes uh, the intelligence, you talk about the intelligence or you talk about some of the things that went wrong over the last week, uh, they've got to straighten it out because they're fighting potentially a very big force. They're fighting potentially Iran. We were disappointed by that, very disappointed, but we did the job ourselves, and it was absolute precision, magnificent, beautiful job. And then uh, Bibi tried to take credit for it. That wasn't good. That didn't make me feel too good, but that's all right. And here's Ron DeSantis yesterday talking about Israel with Sarah Gonzalez on the news and why it matters. I was saying on Saturday that this was uh, potentially their 9-11. I think if you, as we've seen what's happened, this is orders of magnitudes of a 9-11 considering how small of their population is. Just a devastating blow. Our role clearly with Americans at risk if they're being held hostage, Commander-in-Chief has to do what he can to rescue those people. I would imagine that we would have personnel there working with the IDF to recover as many Americans as possible. Uh, we will be supportive uh, of Israel. Uh, if I were president, we of course would support them. They, though, fight their own wars. I don't think it's something that they would ask us to come in and do for them. They know what they have to do. They have to uproot Hamas, dismantle their terrorist infrastructure, and destroy them once and for all. So we'll be standing with Israel saying, you not only have a right to defend yourself, you have a duty to defend yourself, and you have a responsibility to do it to the hilt so we don't continue this cycle. Choose your fighter. Lindsey Ram, your thoughts? Oh, it's a lot better than we usually do. Uh, All right, thumbs up. Ready, guys? Let's or... do this. Leroy Jenkins! Whoops, wrong clip. You're saying that you would want the United States and Israel to bomb Iran, even in the absence of direct it. evidence of their involvement in this attack. Yeah. In Washington, D.C., Pentagon spokesman John Kirby says funding for Ukraine could be disappearing soon. In the near term, we've, we've got appropriations and authorities for both Ukraine and for Israel. But you don't want to be trying to bake in long term support when you're at the end of the rope. And uh, in Ukraine, on the Ukraine funding, we're we're coming near to the end of the rope. I mean, today we announced $200 million, um, and we'll keep that aid going as long as we can, but it, it's it's not going to be indefinite. In the House Speaker battle, nominee Congressman Steve Scalise currently doesn't have enough votes within his own party to become Speaker, and I regret to inform you, Congresswoman, look at my chest of South Carolina is back at it again. If the vote for Speaker were today, would you vote for Steve Scalise? 
I would not. I plan on voting for Jim Jordan on the floor. Um, I've been very vocal about this over the last couple of days. I personally cannot, in good conscience, vote for someone who attended a white supremacist conference and compared himself to David Duke. I would be doing an enormous disservice to the voters that I represent in South Carolina if I were to do that. April of 2020, here's a Facebook post from Nancy Mace. Club for Growth, Rand Paul, Elise Stefanik, and Republican leadership like minority leader Kevin McCarthy and minority whip Steve Scalise are all uniting behind my campaign because they know no one will work harder than I will. For those of you listening, we see a graphic she posted touting Steve Scalise's endorsement. And finally, John Fetterman, your thoughts? You all should need to know that America is not sending their best and brightest, you know, to Washington, D.C. Uh -huh. Yes. <laughs> like, sometimes, sometimes you literally just can't believe, like, you know, these people are making the decisions that are, you know, determining the, the government here. It's, it's, it's actually scary, too. And I think I love you. And that's what happened while we were away. And that's why you'll be calling her Madam President if we last that long. Aaron's Montage brought to you by the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. Whether it is cooking cigarette smoke, litter, uh, litter boxes, trash cans, even that mildew stain in the, or smell in the basement that just won't go away. It's a stain in your air. So purify it because this is not an air freshener. It's an air purifier that works within seconds to clear your room of any odor. I've used it many times in my own home. I've gotten so many great reviews from you in the audience. They've sold over 350,000 units already. Thousands of five-star reviews online. This thing kicks tail. So give it a shot. See if you might be the next success story. You can get the all three units. Uh, that's for whole home protection. All three units for under $200 and free shipping when you go to EdenPureDeals.com and enter the discount code Steve. EdenPureDeals.com discount code Steve. Again, that's EdenPureDeals.com discount code Steve. <clears throat> In response to Aaron's montage today, I have three things. Two of them are texts that were sent to me from uh, friends of mine. All right. Um, this is a text from a buddy of mine um, who has worked for a United States senator and presidential campaigns. We've given approximately $158 billion in foreign aid to Israel since 19. 47. We've given approximately $130 billion to Ukraine in the past one and a half years. Reaction to that. What was the first number? 100 and, uh, well, now you're going to make me call the text Sorry. up again. It just, it's a, it's, 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 it's a, they're, they're about even. Just go with that. It's about even the amount of money we've given to Israel since 1947 to what we've given to Ukraine in the last year and a half. It, it's, it's so absurd, so preposterous, that listening to Kirby, when he says we're about at the end of the rope, he's not talking about money. <laughs> yep. Because that, we were at the end of that rope a long time ago, contextually. This is ridiculous. They I'm sorry, let me read 158 to Israel since 1947, yeah. 130 billion to Ukraine yeah. in the last year. It's and a half. not the money, it's something else. 
because there's always something else with this Ukraine thing. This is why we have to be able to walk and shoot bubblegum at the same time. <clears throat> Multiple things can be true at the same time. What Hamas did, whether it was an intelligence failure or something else, is one of the most wicked things that I have seen really in this plan on this planet since 9-11. One of the most heinous things. That is true. I believe that is true. And I think we have enough evidence to back that up. It could also be true that this is the convenient excuse for the United States to back away out of Ukraine. That could be true as well. Those are not mutually exclusive things. And Todd is just right on the money. At the end of the rope of the political capital that we have for Ukraine right now. I think that's what Kirby's saying. All right, here's something else in my uh, private texts. I'll tell you specifically who this is from. This is from my buddy, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston mm-hmm. at uh, Prestonwood Baptist in Dallas. And him and I are going to be announcing a, uh, a major project together on Monday. You do not want to miss. I think you'll be very excited about it. We are very proud of it. That announcement's coming on Monday. Many are asking if Hamas is in the Bible. Is this an omen or a sign? Some even suggest futuristic consequences or prophetic signs and wonders related to Hamas and the modern state of Israel. Yes, Hamas is in the Bible, but perhaps not in the way you may expect. Hamas, the Arabic terrorist organi- or, or, uh, group, has a, is, that's the name. It's an acronym moniker for Herakat al-Mukawama, I think is how it's pronounced. Al-Islamia or Islamic resistance movement. Hamas is the acronym for that uh, Arabic (laughs) uh, pronunciation I just butchered. The Hebrew word Hamas is a noun meaning an act of aggression involving especially physical contact. The biblical word Hamas or violence reaches back to the earliest chapters of Genesis and is one of the significant reasons for the flood. Hamas, um, where is the, um, let me continue down here. In the days of Noah, God saw the earth was filled with violence. Hamas is the word there, by the way. So we sent a flood for the earth is filled with violence. Hamas through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Hamas used as both a noun and a verb appears 67 times in the Bible. More specifically, the word Hamas in the Old Testament is used always in connection with sinful violence. It does not refer to the violence of natural catastrophes. It is often a descriptor of extreme wickedness. Thoughts on that? Well, I inadvertently uh, gave my thoughts on that yesterday. Again, in forget whatever tribalism you have. In, in going back and reading Deuteronomy... God makes plain that I'm I'm not rooting out the violence uh, this evil in the Canaanites I don't get any sense like this is Aurelian two legs good four legs bad and just in case you need me to make that more clear to you let me remind you people of Israel all the times you have uh, failed me as well as my chosen people. I. This is just evil. 
this needs to be stopped. He makes it plain that along with being my chosen people, there's the part of God that just seeks justice. This is wrong, deeply wrong, as wrong as it gets. It must be wiped out. In Luke, what does Jesus say about the, uh, the second coming as it was in the days of what? Days of Noah. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that blew my mind in, in my church's study through the book of Genesis, or the first half of Genesis, I think it was uh, last spring and, and uh, early summer, is that the population of the earth could very well have been uh, before the flood what it is approximately right now. And I'd never, because of the, the longevity of life and, and things of that nature, it's one thing that blew my mind, and I'll just, I'll just leave it there. You know, I look at your montage, and I, the parsing of words and everything, we shouldn't have to parse words of our leaders at a time where good and evil are so starkly defined. Are so starkly defined. I mean... The back-to-back of the level of clarity from DeSantis compared to Trump, I just don't even know. That's like, just like Trump speaks another language. Mm-hmm. It's because he does. And, and, and the difference in messaging, I mean, one, one national figure has acted presidential this week, and it's been wrong. Even on enemy media, he's been on message. He's by going on enemy media, he's doing what a president should do in a time of crisis, speak to the whole of the country, not say, well, you know what? Half of this country hates me and there's no matter what I'll do. So let me go grab this guy, Anthony Fauci, make him prime minister and he can speak to the other half of the country that doesn't stand me. And then lo and behold, before you know it, this is that guy's usurped your entire presidency and you never get it back again. No, you step into the role of president. The presidency is not about being Peter Pan and avoiding responsibility. It's about accepting it. It's not about who gets the credit. It's about who takes the responsibility. Give me Barabbas, Steve. That is what the presidency is about. It is not who gets the credit. It's who takes the responsibility. So I I posted something this morning on Twitter, and I want to share it with all of you. God has bound himself to his word for our benefit. And he did this so that we will know him and his character. What I mean bound means he doesn't act outside or contrary to what is in the word of God. That's what it means. So that we will know. We would know him and his character. Can I say something just about that briefly? Because you read this to me this morning. The most important about what you said right there, if you say nothing else, is we keep, especially the modern day Christian, every single time we pick up the Bible, I think our default because of how we've been raising, we like, what does this say about me somehow mm-hmm. the opposite must be true Correct. as a christian what is this saying about god and if i get that then i can understand something authentic about how it really applies to me like if you're if you don't know anything about christianity at all you've probably heard about the parable of the prodigal son that's uh false branding the parable is not about the prodigal son 
he's not the hero. We just see ourselves and the sinner who then gets to come back. But the parable is actually about the graciousness and the patience of the father. Okay. Who doesn't abandon that son and waits for his return. It's about him. It's in a series of parables that where Jesus is all speaking to the character of the father leaving 99 behind to find the one. And now even the one, the prodigal who goes away, he still waits for his return. But but we're not comfortable having conversations about the holiness of God and his character because it is an indictment of our own lack thereof. But that's the other reason why God bound himself to his word so that we would know ourselves and our own character too. And furthermore, you will see as this interplay goes on throughout the book, God and man, creation and creator. There is a middleman, the devil, Satan. And what you see is that he essentially has a greatest hits album. We expose this in Nefarious. The abortion cult is just Moloch. Just resurrected, repackaged. Nothing new. It's, it's a greatest hit, hits album of lies, idols, cults, etc. They're just re, uh, reset and repackaged for every new generation. Now, why is this the case? It's because a lot of you have made the mistake about the Bible. You think it's a very old book that tells us what happened. It's not. It's an eternal book that tells us what always happens, but then also what's happening now and then what will happen. And this is why patterns of human history seem to repeat themselves so often. There truly is nothing new under the sun. The only difference between us and the people of Bible times is the price and scope of our toys. That's the only difference. And this is how we can understand the signs of the times in which we live. Because if you have eyes to see and ears to hear the truths God reveals in his word, you can also see the patterns, omens, the signals, archetypes, deceptions, etc., that just loop back and forth, round and round, there and back again. Nothing new under the sun. I think this knowledge will be vital for survival in this era. Nancy Mace is just Jezebel. Trump is just King Saul. And if you go read your Bible, you'll see all the, all the parallels. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. The problem is a lot of us are going to lose our sanity and our integrity in this era because this is the least biblically literate time in Western civilization since prior to the Reformation, like the Dark Ages. And we're going to have an example of that in overtime, by the way, Todd and I. that's, That's the problem. So at a time when this knowledge is needed now more than ever in our culture, it's the least available. And every other form of knowledge is everywhere at your fingertips So everybody's Fredo. I can do things. I'm smart. Fetterman is the new national symbol. Used to be a bald eagle. So a bald Fetterman. And this is why many, even many with the right political philosophy, leanings, values, they're going to misconstrue the signs of the times um, and will unfortunately behave accordingly. Have you been suddenly disappointed by people that were on a narrow road and then suddenly you're like, where did, they, where did that thought come from? 
Where did that stance come from? That's just, whoa. I'm not talking like moral failings. We all are going to wrestle with that daily. That's called being mortal, right? So I'm not talking about moral failings. There is something about every human being that if you found out, you would be morally disappointed by, beginning with the three people hosting this show, okay? So that's not what I mean. I mean the ability to like discern, like the ability to like communicate or to, to stand fast in the gap. Just like suddenly they're just like, whoa, that, that just, it was like watching Deacon Hill throw passes for Iowa last week and the defensive backs were like, I couldn't even intercept that. That pass was so off. Where did that even come from? Okay. Did he like throw that, you know, like counter angle? Did he throw that with his left hand? That's what I'm talking about. You're like, what? Wait, wait, wait what? Wait, what, what, what? I mean, Israel just went through 9-11 and still hasn't stopped the body count. And you want to, now is the time you think it's appropriate to go back and relitigate your grudge with, the, with Netanyahu because he uh, congratulated Biden on the election and didn't, wasn't strong enough in the, in the killing of an Iranian terrorist, which you were right about, by the way. But, but even if you're right, and he might even be right, everything Trump says in that clip might even be right. This is the time. They're, they're pulling dead bot, charred bobby bodies of beheaded babies out of the ground. Now's the time, though, for me to, for me to, to, to grind that axe. You show up at somebody's funeral, and the dead didn't pay off a debt and stuck you with it, and everybody there didn't, they, maybe people didn't know, right? Didn't know this about the, the person they're there to honor, and the kids, kids and grandkids are there sobbing, missing the old man. And you think, now's the time you guys need to know, your old man stiffed me for 1500 bucks, man. Now's the time! Is that not essentially what that clip is? Yes. There's going to be a lot of that kind of behavior. Because there is no truth that is equal to the word of God and his word. They are set apart from us in our ways. Thus, even if you know all the truth in this world, except that. Frankly, I would probably trust Donald Trump's version of events of what went on with was it Soleimani is that how it was pronounced I can't remember then Netanyahu but is that the time to have that conversation I mean do you guys see the Iranian propaganda team tweeting out Trump's comments yeah they've yeah. been all over it yeah favorable to I mean you're gonna you're gonna feed them talking point now 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 we're gonna do that because see if you don't know the word of God if you know all the truth in the world except that you're still missing the cornerstone that makes all other truth fall into place there is no truth equal to God or the word of God this is and 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 will further become an era when movements will openly violate God's word while claiming to represent represent it Megan Basham's Expose on the, on the editorial staff at Christianity Today since 2015. Every one of their political donations, every one of them went to Democrats. And the editor, I believe it was, actually donated to Elizabeth Warren. The problem is idolatrous counter movements will be formed claiming to oppose these open slanderers when they're really just more subtle and closeted slanderers themselves. And the pressure to join one of these is going to be ginormous. Why don't you want to get a tattoo? Where are your 37 pieces of flair? Will you wear the ribbon? 
and yet, yes, this is a, I can hear my reformed friends, Steve, this is a perpetual instinct and a fallen creation. I agree. But the scriptures are also clear. There are certain moments in time and there are certain eras where this basic instinct rises to the point that it essentially becomes societally institutionalized to the masses. Like it goes beyond just our own basic sinfulness to now we want this institutionalized on a, on a, on a meta level. And I think we're living in one of those times right now. And that's going to make it more important than ever to find a church, if you can, that understands these times and what to do about them. And that's sadly going to be harder too. But as best as you can, I would encourage you to be mindful to measure everything all the more by the word of God, not the mob, not the polls, not your relationships, not the trends, not the pressure to do otherwise. Otherwise, I I don't see a way you won't eventually just lose your sanity or integrity or both. Uh, By the way, just a little postscript. When you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelped is the one you hit. Any quick thoughts on that, gentlemen, before we close this out? Yeah, we're um, we're at the end of the line when it comes to the reason train. You know, the, at the end of the rope. Uh, yes, we're at the end of the the uh, sciences. Awesome train. You know, all of the things that uh, we're supposed to come with setting aside the imaginary spaghetti monsters in the sky. And this is not a thing. We've been doing this for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of years now is evolving. We are truly at the end of the line of that experiment. It is obvious. It cannot succeed. We, we will not build the better mouse trap ever. You must come to terms with that. No matter what going forward. Uh, the God stuff stuff still won't be easy afterwards for those of you who've had this addiction, but you got to start there. You're, you're crack addicts. If you believe science reason alone can save us. I don't know, Todd, I've seen some pretty dope memes the past few years. I think dope memes will, will save us. I think a few more nicknames will save us. I think more, few more uh, owns of the libs will save us so that's where i'm gonna park my caboose and plant my flag you won't be alone there dinesh d'souza is next Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. The parallel economy that we desperately need and many of us desire 
is coming. It's a little slower in coming than, than many of us had hoped, but it is coming. Thankfully, one place where it is fully available is with the one product or one of the few products that all of us need to utilize these days uh, to function in a modern society. That's our mobile phones. So make the switch today to America's only American mobile phone provider left. Our friends over at Patriot Mobile, they offer dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three of the major networks and switch. If you're a customer, you can make that switch anytime you need. If you move to a different part of your state, a different part of the country where one network is better for you than the other, they'll help you make that switch right away. Part of their outstanding U.S. based, which means you can understand them, customer service team that they have at Patriot Mobile. And you won't just get a great product and great service, but you'll get some peace of mind knowing that you're no longer directly funding the people that are out to end your way of life, but a company and an organization that actually defends and supports your values with the money you give them instead. So make the switch today. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know. And they've got extra ways to say thank you to you uh, for your service, if you do. For the rest of us, you can get a free activation when you use my first name, Steve, as your offer code. When you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Again, patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Or you can just call them at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. PoliceStateFilm.net. PoliceStateFilm.net is where you want to go. It is a film releasing later this month. You can watch the trailer. You can purchase tickets uh, as well for the theatrical release as well as the virtual premiere. All of that there, right there at PoliceStateFilm.net. And the brains behind this film, Dinesh D'Souza joins us now here on Blaze TV. And uh, Dinesh, it's a pleasure to have you with us on the Steve Day Show. And before we get into your film, I just want to say on a personal level, one of the first real votes of confidence we got as we were putting the finishing touches is on nefarious is when you watched uh the uh, uh one of the cuts of the movie and your enthusiastic response of the film it was really one of the first jolts of confidence for nefarious and uh, i haven't had a chance to say thank you for that personally so i wanted to do that today and welcome you to the show thank you i really appreciate it boy when um when i got that film from carrie solomon and got the debbie and i watched it together and we were like wow this is really a, uh, you know, an emotionally and intellectually thought-provoking film, and we really enjoyed it. And, um, and I mean, we were downright enthusiastic about it. Indeed, and again, it was huge. It was a huge confidence boost to us, and uh, you really helped us promote the film upon its release as well. And so we're very thankful. Tell us about a film. Um, I, I guess if I were to sum up your career as a filmmaker, Dinesh, is you you have a you have a way of making a bunch of films that really you probably wish never had to be made is maybe a good way of putting it. Okay. Most Americans are, you know, thinking on, you know, we don't have to make police state films about our own culture and our own society. And yet here we are. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I could have made this film five years ago, certainly not 10 years ago. And it is a film I uh, make because it needs to be made. Uh, A country finds itself in a really strange situation in which, uh, as a result of a a bunch of different things, COVID was partly responsible. Of course, January 6th was partly responsible. We have seen uh, now in America uh, many of the features of classic tyrannical societies right here in this country. So if you look at an unfree society, a tyrannical society, a police state like North Korea or China or the old Soviet Union, you would say that the defining features are mass surveillance, uh, systematic censorship, political indoctrination in the schools and in the media, 
police states tend to be one-party states where they try to have a controlled or squelched opposition. Uh, you have criminalization of political dissent. You have political prisoners. And so many, if not most, of those elements are now visible in the United States. So it's a very alarming situation, I feel, a little bit like the animal that has seen a movement in the trees and is trying to warn off the herd, mm -hmm. but too many people are grazing contentedly, thinking that it could never happen to them. I think that is pretty common on every issue in America right now, is I think before we even go to battle against what I like to call the spirit of the age, don't you think we're, we're battling our own comfort first before we even get there? Yeah, I think it's partly just the psychological difference between the two sides. I mean, the Democrats seem to fight as if they are in a combat zone. You know, no holds barred. Uh, the, they treat the opposition not as critics or dissidents, but as enemies to be wiped out. And they do this even if they're trying to go after you in a, in a prosecution. I mean, when I was sitting years ago across from some of these Obama prosecutors for a technical campaign finance violation, I got the clear impression that if they could have put me away for 20 years, they would have been, they would have been you know, popping the champagne. They mm -hmm. would have been thrilled. Uh, their attitude is Dinesh is an enemy. We need to take him out. Now, Republicans, by contrast, will say things like, well, I can't use the same tactics as the Democrats because I'm better than they are. I'm a man of principle. So what happens is the Democrats, in a way, become emboldened in their aggression because they operate in the serene confidence that we would not use the same tactics against them. We're just too nice for that. I mean, what's out in the open now, for example, if you look at the lawfare that is currently be conduct being conducted against Trump, we're not even even the legal analysis. You know, I mean, you and I are about the same age, you know, coming of age during the, uh, you know, the the uh, the the O.J. Simpson era and watching that on CNN. That's the first time we ever knew what a Greta Van Susteren was and Larry Kosak. And they're all breaking it down and they're looking at the evidence and everything else. And it wasn't until the end when the verdict came in and everybody's like, oh, they just, you know, a bunch of people just uh, jury nullified uh, the, the the evidence based on race. And it was a waste of this last year was a waste of time. Well, we kind of just openly do that now, like the like the evidences and what's in the indictments and everything. Almost nobody's talking about that. Everything is basically about what you think of him politically. What will be the political makeup of the jury in a place like Manhattan, which 12 percent of people uh, voted for Trump in 2020? What's the what's the jury makeup in Miami-Dade County, where about 40 percent of, of people voted for Trump there? So maybe he can get, a, he can get a, a jury more favorable to him. The legalities of this or what the evidences that are being presented really aren't even a part of the conversation. We're just openly and subconsciously acknowledging that this is just an extension of of of, of, of a political war. And, and we're just going to use the legal system for that. I mean, if they had gone after Trump on a single count and said, you know, he was in possession of these classified documents, he should have returned them. He was pugnaciously unwilling to do that. I'd be like, all right, well, let's let's look and see what really happened. But when you have 90 plus charges, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like if we can't get him over here, we'll get him in Georgia. If we don't get him in Georgia, we'll get him in New York. And if if the criminal indictment fails, we'll destroy his. Bit. I mean, this is classic police state thuggery. I mean, just the sheer shotgun approach that one pellet is bound to land. Uh, and then quite beyond Trump, because I think there are going to be Americans who go, well, I'm not Trump. And, you know, I didn't go in the Capitol in January 6th, Dinesh, and I pay my taxes, so I'm going to be OK. The FBI will never come smashing down my door. 
Well, I don't think you can safely say that anymore. In fact, when I think back to the America that I came to as a teenager in the late 70s, you know, I was just so um, exuberant and delighted to be in a country where you have these basic rights, free speech, freedom of assembly, right to petition the government, equal rights and equal justice under the law. And now I see one by one, every single one of those basic rights is jeopardized. What do you think it means that this is just not even not even disguised anymore? It's just naked. It's just out there in the open. If if this if if we were a running clock, if our social compact, which is at the root of our constitutional republic, the social compact that binds us together from an e pluribus unum standpoint, and the, the constitution is basically now the quantification of that relationship. Because we have a social compact, we the people, to form a more perfect union, will behave thusly and treat each other thusly, and government will thusly do the same w- with us. Th- with that social compact now so broken that these sorts of things are just now out in the open and not even hidden any longer, Where do you think we are on that running clock right now as a people? What do you think that means? I mean, number one, I am stunned by the rapidity of the development of this emerging police state. Now, I do think that while some things are out in the open, I mean, censorship is out in the open, right? Um, In fact, this is part of my objection towards like deep state. It's not all deep. It's not all hidden. All you have to do is go look at the YouTube guidelines. They tell you that here are seven different topics in which if you say the wrong thing, you're going to have your channel shut down. So some of it is wide out in the open. There still is an element of disguise, and I think the reason for that is that our police state is not full-fledged. If, In fact, if it were full-fledged, I couldn't make this movie, right? They would Mm -hmm. just come and uh, shut me down. Mm -hmm. So our our police state is in the making, and so it has a lot of duplicity. In fact, it has to march behind the banner of law and democracy and fighting misinformation and disinformation. So it's posing as a defender of democracy and a kind of beacon of truth. But nothing could be further from the truth. A decade ago, as I was first getting into this business on a national level, I was a token conservative contributor on MSNBC, probably did 40, 50 appearances. And I'd, I'd, I'd get off the air and my mentions on social media would immediately be flooded with um, your bigots shouldn't be given platforms. Bigots shouldn't have rights. Uh, and, and at the time, you know, you kind of just took those as talking points, which you're discussing what you and Dan are discussing because Dan Bongino is one of your partners with this movie. We should mention that what you and Dan are discussing here is really that they, those 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 comment section talking points are manifested into an agenda now. Yeah, and I think I'd have to go back and say that even the champions of free speech in the 60s, think, for example, of the Berkeley free speech movement, in retrospect, it appears like many of those guys wanted free speech only for themselves. In other words, they were not Hmm. in principle committed to free speech because the moment that they got power and became graduate students and professors in the universities, they, uh, you know, they enacted speech codes to shut down views critical of them. So there is this deep vein of sort of intolerance, of tyranny, if you will. Solzhenitsyn has a very striking line in the the Gulag Archipelago where he says that the line separating tyranny from freedom and, and more broadly good from evil runs through every human heart. And so this is a way of when people say, I'm really mystified about how we can see this sort of you know, tyrannical institutions around us. Well, you know what? It's right there in human nature. And a good political system tries to tap the better parts of human nature. But of course, bad political systems do the opposite. 
So along those lines, sell my audience, sell our audience on this movie and why they want to go see this uh, during its premiere week, October 23rd through the 27th. It's a very eye-opening, informative, and scary movie. It takes you into the bowels of the police state. I mean, we have essentially two types of people in the movie. We have informants and whistleblowers on the one hand who tell you how this police state is constructed. It's sort of genealogy or history, how we got it and where it's going. And then the second type of person is ordinary citizens who have found themselves face-to-face with the police state, the kind of hot breath of the police state on your face, or to use an image from Orwell, a boot stamping on a human face. Mm -hmm. Because I want people not to, you know, if you and I talk about it, the ordinary American who has no experience of this, America's been a country defined really by kind of a, you know, Huckleberry Finn type of innocence. They're like, it can't happen here. But it is happening here, and it's happening right now. And so this film, like, brings it home, like, in, in, in a very powerful way. We've bought out hundreds of theaters. And so on October 23rd and 25th, if you go to policestatefilm.net, that's the website, policestatefilm.net, plug in your zip code, boom, all the theaters around you will pop up. You can buy tickets, and it's really fun to see this movie in a group and in a theater. But if you can't do it, we have a virtual premiere where you can watch from home on Friday, October 27th. Tickets in the same place, policestatefilm.net. Again, folks, that's policestatefilm.net. You can go there, watch the trailer. If you're watching on Blaze TV today, we've been kind of running uh, for B-roll video from that trailer as we've been speaking with Dinesh, but you can see it fully and hear it at policestatefilm.net and get the tickets for the events that Dinesh just talked about as well at policestatefilm.net. Dinesh D'Souza, thank you, brother, for uh, joining us and for the movie as well. Take care. My pleasure. You bet. Gentlemen, your thoughts on that conversation? Well, he's just so absolutely right about the psychological differences between the sides. You know, one side constantly, and has been for a while, just like waging war, all in. And the other side somehow unconsciously, consciously relying on the rubber band effect. This this can't go on indefinitely. But every time you do that, the other side sees you do that. And they double and triple down all the more. We are in this loop perpetually. And that animal who sees something rushing in the grass, you know, and is trying to warn the herd, but the herd just keeps grazing. We've seen how that ends. It ends bloody, just like in Jerusalem right now. Hmm. Essentially, from that interview, what I heard is, is this movie is the result of generations, especially recent generations of Americans adopting the default posture of when your hands are tied behind your back and you're made to kneel on the ground and somebody has a gun pointed at you, you looking up at them and saying, yeah, you can't do that. The Constitution says you can't yeah, do right, that. Right, right. Th- that's basically right. what this movie is. I is have the, rights. Yes, I have yeah, rights. Yeah. You can't do that. Um, that obviously didn't work, did it? That didn't work. And so this movie is the harvest of, of decades and generations of Americans just being sheep. He talked about that Huckleberry Finn innocence. Innocence is a, innocence is a good thing if you're a child. Unfortunately, as you grow into adulthood, you are aware of the ways of the world and how the world operates. The adult response is then to actually accept that and act accordingly 
about how often do we talk about, especially Todd, we talk about the comfort that we're addicted to. This movie is a, is a result, a harvest of a generation or two or three of Americans who are fundamentally infantilized. Hmm. And now they're showing up your, at your doorstep, Mark Houck, and pointing guns at you and Excellent your family reference. Yeah. while your children watch. Grow up. I think I'm glad you invoked his name. And I think it was smart that Dinesh broadened the scope of this conversation beyond Trump and January 6th as well, because I I think, and I'm going to say this to a lot of my fellow DeSantis supporters, I, I think that there is a, there's a middle group of us somewhere between, um, um, you know, MAGA is almost a religious level of zeal, uh, and the sort of Frenchian national review surrender caucus before it's too late. I'm glad you're bringing this right. Up. Yeah. Okay, and there's a, there's a group of us that are in the that's, that that are in between this, and 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 I think you though know, you need to understand that the there is no there is no distinguished way yeah. that you will communicate what we believe. There is no distinguished behavior by which you will you will solidly solidly model what we believe and you will be exempted from this. Correct. And I think it's very important that if you're in that group of people, and I would count myself in that group of people, you realize and understand that. Okay? It never the board never stays on deck 16. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. And greetings. Welcome to Hour 2 here on The Blaze, radio, TV, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd and he's Aaron McIntyre. And you are you. And you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Take advantage of that by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe and Gab. And you can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And again, that's D-E-A-C-E. If you are a podcast listener, thank you so very much. Uh, You're a big part of our show, and we would love it if you would show your appreciation for us by leaving us, if you like us, a five-star review. Thanks to the thousands of you that have done that for us already. We'd love to get over 10,000 of those, so please keep those coming. And then also, if you'll hit subscribe or if you're on iTunes, that would be follow to make sure that every time we do a new episode, it shows up in
in your feed right away. And thanks to all of you that have done that for us too. Thanks to our friends over at Jace Medical for sponsoring this part of the show. Remember last year, we started off telling you about the Jace case. Uh, I met with the folks at Jace Medical last year. They were very concerned with, with what they saw with the lack of treatment during COVID, the denial of treatments, suddenly venerable medications like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin that had been given to literally millions, if not tens of millions of people across the globe for decades and had won Nobel Prizes in within the, within the decade, were now suddenly being tagged as dangerous and harmful and taken off the market and not accessible. So they came up with the Jace case to make sure whether it's amoxicillin, doxycycline or others, the next venerable medication that we might need right when we need it the most uh, and it's taken off the market that you have a supply of it just in case. Well, now they want to make sure that you've got a supply of your own meds just in case because who knows your your med might be the next one targeted by uh, someone needing to get another few billion dollars off of EUA all right so go to jacemedical.com whether that's cholesterol diabetes heart health blood pressure even mental health and more and get a 12 month backup of your existing meds just to have that peace of mind jacemedical.com enter the code dace at checkout for a discount on your order discount code dace on your order at jacemedical.com j a s e Also, next week, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you're in the DFW or thereabouts, I am going to be speaking at the Dallas Pro-Life Dinner for the Vitae Foundation next Thursday. That's a week from today. For the Vitae Foundation, the Dallas Pro-Life Dinner, if you want to go, tickets are available at Vitae, V-I-A, or V-I-T-A-E, I should say, V-I-T-A-E, V as in victory, I-T-A-E, foundation.org vitaefoundation.org and if you come by all means make sure to come by and say hello i'd love the chance to meet you vitaefoundation.org is where you can get tickets to this pro-life banquet that i will be keynoting in the dfw next thursday and with that apparently the appropriate sacrifices were made that we are now able to access our good friend ryan cole dr ryan cole once again good to see you brother how are you Hey, great to see you, brother. I'm doing okay. So for, for those of you that don't know, and I don't know why you wouldn't, unless you just like started watching this show like a week ago, because Ryan has been a fixture on here. I mean, constant as the North Star man, a plumb line basically for the last few years, Mayo trained pathologist and who has been on the cutting edge of everything COVID really from the very beginning. And earlier this year uh, with my colleague, Daniel Horowitz, I, I co-wrote a book calling for tribunals of those who committed the atrocities and there he goes we just lost him didn't we uh stupid calls coming in sorry about that oh that's okay that's all right that's okay that's all right so it's just call waiting it's not the devil this time okay uh so (laughs) uh so we called for tribunals for those who committed these human rights violations and atrocities uh during covid we've yet to see that however we are going to get tribunals for those who attempted to stop them from doing it and dr cole that's where we want to start with you because you're facing one of those right now from what i understand Indeed, I am. I uh, just a uh, week ago spent a wonderful sarcasm and inserted there <laughs> week with the Washington State Medical Commission. And it was basically a witch hunt. It was uh, political mis malinformation, as we all continue to hear. Um, no patient complaints against me. Uh, there have been zero patient complaints in terms of COVID against me. Uh, throughout the pandemic, uh, only gratitude, thousands of letters, literally thousands of letters of gratitude from around the world. 
But uh, I guess the attorney general's office and the uh, governor of our uh, red state, uh, red as in communist state of Washington, decides that they they uh, they dictate what medical information should be. So uh, there's a one uh, Picayune uh, Lilliputian uh, uh, individual here in Boise who was the CEO of a local medical system that literally filed complaints in every state I had a license, filed complaints with and, and joined the American Board of Pathology to complain against me as well as uh, took my fellowship away uh, with the College of American Pathology. One man uh, through malicious prosecution has uh, basically destroyed my life, my laboratory, my career, my employees, um, all because he didn't agree with my COVID stance. Now, he never uh, was willing to uh, have a public debate. We discussed it and uh, met with my now attorney general uh, in his office and basically said, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's do a public debate. He said, okay, let's do it. And never came to be. Instead, he was already in the process of filing complaints against me. All the other states where he filed these said, well, this is free speech. But meanwhile, Washington, I guess, doesn't like free speech. And so that's the one state that uh, went after me uh, with a vengeance and wouldn't allow uh, medical information and data to come in. They used an addiction psychiatrist and a family doc with only one year of residency as their virology experts against me, which was laughable. But uh, it's a kangaroo court. These are This is the administrative state. These are administrative systems. And so that's where I stand. I uh, went through that, waiting for their uh, final you know, death sentence, as it were, uh, in this day and age. But uh, here we are. I will appeal it on uh, First Amendment grounds, and we'll take this to the federal level, level ninth, uh, ninth District uh, Court, as well as the Supreme Court as necessary. Maybe it is providential that we weren't able to have you on the show Tuesday, because... Brother, you just, uh, you don't know this probably because you probably weren't tuned in, but right before we had you on, we had Dinesh D'Souza on talking about his forthcoming movie with Dan Bongino at the end of this month, Police State. And he wanted to make sure that people understood that this goes beyond Trump or January 6th. And um, if, if you are going to take whatever your view of Trump is or January 6th happens to be, if you're going to take any form of contrarian or even, I guess we use the term dissident, given what we're talking about, position these days against any of the regime's narratives whatsoever, you will be targeted with the full weaponization of government. And lo and behold, man, you are living proof of this. I mean, you, I mean, you just literally came on to character witness testify to Dinesh and his film and what he was just talking about on this show a few minutes ago. Yeah, this is absolute lawfare. And I've, I've heard uh, wranglings of that um, documentary, and I think it is apropos at this point in time. And it's what I'm up against. Uh, this is a political witch hunt if you have a contrarian point of view. Uh, we have experienced the, the death of dialogue in medicine, the death of uh, conversation, hmm. the death of exchange of ideas, uh, the death of actual science. And here we are uh, going into the cult of scientism. And if you don't believe their holy writ, then you're excommunicated. And that's what I'm experiencing. I want to go back to what you said before. No one, no one you treated or any of their loved ones brought forth a complaint against you. Nobody did. Absolutely correct. So there is patient doctor confidentiality, right? 
Yes. Okay. So there's patient-doctor confidentiality, which shields you to some extent from some level of liability with that relationship. None of your patients or any of their beneficiaries or loved ones came forward to file a complaint against you. So then what is the ground for any complaint against you? There is no ground. And so this is what's fascinating. So through telemedicine, I did treat four patients in the state of Washington. And the Washington board tried to get those patients to complain against me, which is uh, extortion and coercion, actually, because those patients said, we have no complaint against Dr. Cole. He helped us and we did well. And so when they open an investigation, this is, again, the illegality of uh, the administrative court systems, uh, they they received these political complaints, these free speech complaints, and these were all from, again, an executive, Dr. David Pate at St. Luke's Health System here in Boise, who is, uh, again, uh, not a scientist. He's not a deep thinker. He never even treated a COVID patient. He's an activist. But he's an activist, yeah. He made you know five, $8 million leading the hospital during COVID. Uh, meanwhile, he's trying to tear down small businesses in this community. But, you know, they listen to one man over uh, patients who don't complain. And because he's a political activist and he was on the radio spewing the actual CDC and FDA and NIH missed this malinformation on NPR locally for two years. And instead, uh, he gets to have a bully pulpit, bring in hearsay, uh, make false accusations because they allow hearsay in administrative courts. It was it was it was literally a witch hunt. It was absurd. When, once the transcript comes out, I'll send it to you. You can, you can laugh at it with me. But this is, this is how they're weaponizing uh, the legal system. They're weaponizing words. And, and again, no patients complain. These patients that I, I helped in Washington, the, the other complaint is, well, your chart notes weren't uh, long enough. I'm like, well, show me the double-blinded placebo-controlled randomized trial that shows the outcome of a patient changes based on, based on the length of the doctor's note. There's no evidence for that in anywhere in the medical literature ever. Um, the patients were happy. The patients did well. And so this is, this is the problem, is people are allowed to politically attack you for your point of view in science. And, and what I did was scientifically founded, as you know. You know all about uh, the drugs that shall not be named, mm -hmm. as it were. But, but, you know, what I did was scientifically founded and nobody was harmed, nobody complained. And, and this is the weaponization of a system against um, medical dissidents now. I mean, this is the, the biopharmaceutical complex. And if you don't play by their game, they're going to try to take you out, which, you know, I, I don't have a laboratory anymore. It's down to me and my wife. And we, before that, had 80 employees. Uh, I still have some autopsy cases that I want to finish up. And I can't do that until I contract with another willing lab, which there aren't very many, to try to finish those up. So it's destroying those who have tried to help during the um, pandemic, as it were, um, yet uh, trying to take away our ability. You know, you've seen Dr. McCullough lose professor professorships, Dr. Corey lose professorships, mm -hmm. Dr. Merrick. You know, all the people that spoke out scientific truth have been destroyed for literally telling the truth. This has very scary ramifications for the future. I mean, there are there are fields and institutions that are supposed to be exempted from the political passions of the era in order to maintain a social compact so that even during times of deep disagreement, we can still live together and not dissolve as a society. And 
And two of them are the justice system where justice is supposed to be blind. But we've, we've had eras, whether it was Jim Crow or other eras, where we didn't have a blind justice system. But we're, there was enough justice within the system to eventually, even after maybe too many years, rectify those situations. But one of those places we've never really had it before is in the medical system. And so if, if, we're so, if this stuff has seeped so far into the water table of the culture that who I can go see one-on-one as a doctor is impacted by this. I mean, I, I, I don't know. That's, that's pretty granular right there, Dr. Cole, in terms of trying to maintain a pluralistic society amongst deep, deep disagreement. Yeah, we're in dark times indeed. And you look at you know what happened in California with their um, AB 2098, and thankfully their Senate overturned that in terms of the state dictating what doctors can or can't say to their patients about COVID. Uh, we're, we're, I, when, I, when I took my oath in medicine and, and received my MD degree, I didn't relinquish my First Amendment rights. And, and this is the problem of this, this creeping administrative state and people getting in between that sacred relationship, that Hippocratic doctor-patient relationship. I didn't take an oath to an administrator, to an agency, a three-letter agency. I took an oath to a patient. And I think there are many doctors out there that still feel that way, that are tired of this uh, executive uh, governmental overreach uh, interfering in that sacred relationship. And this is what we have to stop. We have to go back to a, a society of decency, a society of dialogue, a society. And I, I love how you talk about, look, yeah, sure, we're a nation of laws, but only if we're, we have the will to enforce the laws that we have. And instead, we have weaponization of law and we have overreach of law to destroy good people and good lives. Back back in the day, in grand rounds in medicine, doctors would, you know, throw their sandwiches at each other in grand rounds and yell and fight, and at the end of it, you know, say, "Hey, I'd treat this patient this way. Well, I'd do this and I'd do that," and we would have a dialogue. And at the end of the day, we'd go back and treat the patients, and and it was okay to disagree. But now that we have technocratic bureaucrats like the Fauci's, Collins, Walensky's, and then the the new people filling their shoes. We're in trouble because mm-hmm. these people have way too much power. We need to, uh, through Congress, through the legal system, change the laws and change the power of these agencies. And we need to step away from these broken systems. And the system itself is broken. And unfortunately, that's what we're up against. And I, I, I don't want to, you know, Daniel can be the prophet of woe and lamentation. I'll be the doctor of woe and lamentation. <laughs> you know, here we, here we are in strange times. And... Uh, I'll keep fighting. I, they're not going to silence me. They can try. Uh, they can try all they want. But the truth is the truth no matter what. And what matters the most is that the patient, the human being, and that human experience gets to hear the truth through whatever means we can get it out there, through independent media like The Blaze, through whatever channels. But but we can't quit. This is our 1776 moment indeed. Well, I... I can't help but feel a little bit responsible for what you're going through by putting you on our network and on a show like this, probably raised your profile all the more uh, to get uh, on the enemy's target list. What, what can our audience do for you right now, given everything you've done for everybody else? 
Well, you know, right now we do have a legal fund since we're going to take this to the federal level. Uh, that's through the website Give Butter, and it's Dr. Cole's fight for medical for, or for Dr. Cole's fight for freedom is that one. I also have a donation uh, link on my website, the letter R And again, these are going for my legal battles. This isn't going for new parachutes or anything fancy. This is going to fight. This isn't about me anymore. You know, they they've destroyed me as much as they can, and I'm still going to smile. I'm still going to do the right thing. Uh, thankfully, I've kind of Dave Ramsey'd my life and I have enough safety here to, while I figure out, oh, sorry, I'm back. I'm back. Sorry about that. Call waiting again. Dark. That's all right. That's all right. Go ahead. Finish what you were saying there. So, so, yeah, I mean, it's not about me. This is about all my medical colleagues that want to speak freely. So uh, I'm kind of the fall guy at this point, having lost everything. Um, you know, I, I've saved enough that I can get my family through the next year or two while I figure out what to do next. But for right now, um, the donations can be made through both those websites to uh, raise funds. I'm going to try to get the highest power constitutional attorneys in the country on this. And we're going to fight for free speech, and we're going to uh, overturn. I, I'm hopeful one doctor has already appealed his Washington state uh, inquisition, as it were, and the Supreme Court of Washington said what the uh, commission did was wrong, so he has a chance for an appeal, and I'm optimistic that the same can happen in my case. But this is about all doctors and all healthcare providers everywhere, and it, this is about First Amendment rights for free speech. And no, I'm, I'm only grateful that uh, you were able to get as much information out to your audience and others, you know, through bringing many of us onto the program. So I'm only grateful for that. And I, uh, I can only uh, be humbled with gratitude for that. So that, that's not an issue in my mind at all. I'm just grateful that there are like-minded voices that care about humanity more than they care about um, this giant entity, this cabal that we're up against. Amen. Well, while you're here for the next few minutes, if you don't mind, we'd like to pick your brain if you're okay with it. Absolutely. What's your biggest concern right now? Long COVID or long-term ramifications of the jab? Or what do you think of my hypothesis, which is they're the same thing because they came from the exact same gain-of-function research. They are The origin of the virus was in the creating of a preemptive vaccine for the virus that they actually ended up creating. So they're basically the same thing. We're all lab rats. So whether you took the jab, I didn't. Everybody's been subjected to the virus multiple times. We don't know the long-term ramifications of that, nor the jab. So we're really talking here about the same thing. And technically, yes, a toxic spike protein that all have been exposed to. Uh, the problem with the vaccinal spike protein is uh, studies by Dr. Brogna et al. out of Italy show six months later that vaccinal spike protein is still in circulation in about half of patients. So my, my long-term concern is you know, we have insane government entities and, and pharmaceutical companies pushing uh, expired shots for extinct variants, the shot, the booster that's out now, the XBB 1.5 is less than 1% of all circulating variants now on its way to extinction. So we have a, uh, an all-risk, zero-benefit shot. Every time one's exposed to this genetic sequence, one makes more spike protein, and we know how much damage that causes to all the organs in the body. My concern is for the long-term health of a population. We already know that 15 out of 100 Americans have a chronic illness after taking these shots, a new chronic illness. So the continued push of 
of this lipid nanoparticle mRNA, uh, synthetic mRNA platform. This is a, a genetic modified organism. And then this cracks me up, the, the world that you know stands against GMOs, uh, all lined up to have a GMO stuck into uh, their arm. But here we are uh, with a new platform that's unproven and terrifyingly dangerous in the long term. Uh, so whether it's flu, RSV, COVID, whatever, this platform of a lipid nanoparticle plus a gene sequence is horrifically bad for humanity's future. Well, both in reproduction, cancer risks, uh, chronic illness risks, you name it. Let's talk about the cancer risks. I, I posted a chart or I shared a chart from Ethical Skeptic yesterday mm-hmm. of uh, Google Analytics sh- searches for cancer or cancer coverage, cancer insurance, living with cancer. OK, so if, if you go back from 2018 until 2021, you see a pretty sustainable trend line the, the the ups and downs are pretty much the same okay in, in yeah. these in these google search trends beginning in uh the beginning in week 14 of 2021 which would put you four weeks into a month we'd be at around middle of march right now or middle of april middle of april is where we would be okay and so around the middle of april all of a sudden, this trend line of Google Analytics searches for living with cancer takes off on, on levels beyond where it was the three years prior to the introductions of the COVID vaccines. And, and the, es- the level of escalation and the upturn in those Google trend searches of living with cancer, cancer coverage, um, new cancer patient greatly surpasses what we had seen previously to me the most damning piece of data i have seen the, the last three and a half years and i've seen a lot of data as you know ryan the most damning piece of data i've seen is the bureau of labor statistics which shows for a decade a pretty solid trend line of disability claims in the workplace and then suddenly in the second quarter of 2021 that number explodes and it has it is and it's been the same it hasn't gone down really demonstrably since then gee can anybody think of anything that might have occurred in the second quarter of 2021 that might have led to this new trend line and it matches up almost exactly with these google analytics searching for living with cancer your thoughts uh absolutely correct and you'll always hear that correlation is not causation. Well, what is it then? Because what was new across the world's population that shows those same trends in in insurance institutions in Germany, disability data in the United Kingdom, um, as of 2022, Dow's data showed a 35% above expected disability claim for cancer in the United Kingdom. We're seeing it across the world and it was after the introduction of this new gene-based injection, the synthetic gene. And, you know, unfortunately, our own government is, is not being transparent. They're hiding the data. We're working with uh, people within the House and the Senate to try to get our agencies to be transparent and share that data with the American people, but they won't. And so here we are. Uh, the, the truth uh, will unfortunately manifest in about a year or two when the data catches up to uh, being filled in. But right now we have a, a silent crisis. And uh, if people got more than one of these shots uh, and they have a new symptom, um, be, be prudent, uh, go in, don't be afraid to get checked. 
this is this is a societal problem, and it's because I mean there are about 20 mechanisms. I give this in some of my talks. All the different mechanisms in which this spike protein can induce these pathways to cause cancer to take off like wildfire, which we've seen time and again. So uh, I want to be wrong. I wish I were wrong. I was the first uh, pathologist in the world to point this out uh, at that point in time that you're alluding to, that I was seeing a marked uptick, mm -hmm. and I have silent sense, and I, I won't stay silent because this is an unproven technology and the long-term outcomes are unfortunately starting to manifest. And this is this is what concerns me you know, to the deepest core of my being and my heart. And so many patients trustingly did something to their body that unfortunately is having long-term ramifications and is shortening life in too many unfortunate scenarios. You referenced our, our uh, mutual friend, Dr. Peter McCullough. We talked with him about a week ago. And again, just to reset with Peter, you're talking about maybe the most respected cardiologist in American history prior to COVID. Had started, I believe, three different medical journals, was either professor emeritus or distinguished fellow or on the boards of new, some of the most of the top medical schools in the country, graduate of multiple medical schools. And... He, he thinks it's not just the uniqueness of Operation Warp Speed, that it's not just the, the, the profit motive and the societal motive of panic to get these vaccines, these COVID vaccines, mRNA shots out as quickly as possible. But the technology itself, he believes, is endemically or systemically flawed. I uh, wouldn't recommend anybody gets any of these kinds of shots whether it's RSV, flu, any of them that's mRNA based. And he even went so far as to say he would now for the first time in his career question the childhood vaccination schedule if the exact same people doing the oversight of these mRNA products are responsible for determining what should be in that schedule as well. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I concur 100% with Peter. And uh, I honor him as a colleague and as a friend. I will be uh, with him in Alaska tomorrow evening. Uh, giving uh, lectures Friday and Saturday. Uh, Peter's 100% right, and the entire childhood schedule needs to be questioned. None of these were tested in placebo-controlled trials in their testing phase. The number of shots, uh, there's no uh, trial evidence showing that what we're doing to children is safe. I would avoid this current platform of any gene-based injection uh, from now until, oh, forever. Uh, so I, I agree 100%. And I also agree with his take. Every nation in this world needs to exit WHO at this point. Uh, the WHO and all the captured agencies are, are guiding us to our own doom and destruction medically and physically. But Peter's 100% right. Hmm. I saw a stat the other day blew my mind that a toddler today has taken more vaccine shots than somebody 35 years or older has up into their entire life because of how many shots have been added to that schedule. If you want to help Dr. Cole, rcolemd.com is where you want to go. And I never ask people to donate to something I don't. I just send a note to my wife saying, hey, you got the money? Let's make sure we donate here. rcolemd.com is where you can go to donate uh, to Dr. Cole's Legal Defense Fund. He is paying the price for uh, doing a lot of um, a lot of dispensing of truth on shows like this for the last few years, and now it's our turn to have his back. rcolemd.com is where you can go. And uh, love you, brother. Just thank you for everything you're doing, for standing in the gap, finishing the race. I admire the hell out of you. Thank you.
Uh, love you, Steve. Uh, Todd, Aaron, you guys are a great team. I'm uh, almost in tears, choked up and humbled. So thank you so much. You got it, man. Keep us posted, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Quick thoughts on yeah. that before we have to go. I'm furious. Uh, Riley, my wife was telling me about Riley Gaines. Uh, she was uh, talking recently about how now that she's been across the country talking to all kinds of people at universities and NCA, they come up and basically say, we're with you, sister. But they're the people in power who could do something. Yeah. And they give her excuses like, I'm the breadwinner or you just don't quite understand. The doctors across the country letting this happen on this level of flimsy evidence, are you prepared to fight because otherwise the process is the punishment is going to come after you as well. Hmm. It, it will happen. It may not happen over covert ivermectin, but if this is the standard for just going after somebody and starting headhunting, you deserve the same. Aaron? We just had the same conversation twice in a row with Dinesh D'Souza yeah. and Dr. Cole. Yeah, we did. Okay. The regime, and yes, those words are important, the regime is deadly serious about not just maintaining their narrative now, but making sure those who would stray for it are punished and punished at a level um, that's not laughable. We'll put it that way. Well said. Back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by our friends over at Pure Health Research. Start taking care of your liver. It's more important now than ever. Latest data shows if you've got fatty liver, you're three and a half more times likely to suffer heart failure than those without. And heart disease already is the leading killer in the country. So you don't need to amplify that risk anymore than we already do. Uh, it could be 100 million Americans could have fatty liver. And why? Well, our liver is one of the most important organs in the body. It helps with over 500 key functions. And so over the course of time, especially as we get older, there's a lot of tread on those tires, brother, with cholesterol, alcohol, cigarettes, Tylenols, uh, statins. And uh, you just need to give your liver a break and a good cleanse with the liver health formula. It's an all natural supplement that contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that will help recharge and protect your liver. It's manufactured right here in the US of A and approved by American doctors. You can try the liver health formula and receive a free bottle of their nano powered omega threes to keep your heart healthy as well. If you go to getliverhelp.com slash Steve, getliverhelp.com slash Steve, go there now and also claim your free gift at getliverhelp.com slash Steve. A couple of quick postscripts to our conversation that we just had with Dr. Ryan Cole. Uh, Mark Lopez says, um, Dr. Cole is referring to our illustrious leaders in the governor's mansion and attorney's general's office, Jay Inslee and Rob Ferguson here in Washington State. The largest city of Seattle still holds a statue of Lenin on public display in the middle of downtown. So... That's why he's facing legal ruin here in Washington state. And keep in mind, he lives in a, well, alleged red state of Idaho. But because he chose to treat people telehealth in Washington state, this guy and this, this activist in Boise that went after him finally just went judge shopping and essentially found one state that was willing to go after him because he violated the narrative. So, I mean, we're at the point now that I, I mean, if you're living in a blue state, I don't, how many people are going to risk helping you if this is what you're going to 
So, so okay, I, I live in a blue state. No one here will help me, but I can go find people like Dr. Ryan Cole that will help me out. I don't know. Could be able to continue doing that. If you're facing, I mean, did you hear what he said? They had a lab that had 80 employees, guys. Now it's down to him and his wife. Okay, over, over three telehealth appointments in a blue state. I mean, that's not a joke, man. They're that will, is for real. They are willing, not only willing, they want, they're, they're terraforming everything. This collateral damage is exactly what they want. You don't, there's no clever way to think your way out of it. Find your own private Idaho. It's not happening. You have to fight this and defeat it. Pam can Kentucky says Dr. Cole could lose his license and be forced to live in a hole. And I'd still go see him before I go to a hospital today. He's been a light in the darkness throughout this entire pandemic. Yes, he has. But now he's paying the price, which just goes to show you that that light was real. If the light was fake, if it was counterfeit, you know, like somebody asked me, one of the, one of our friends in our small group asked me last night, she's like, why am I, why is it everything on Instagram is trying to get me to follow every time, every time I'm on, is trying to get me to follow Beth Moore. Like I can't get on Instagram without a Beth Moore promotion. I said, well, because she's promoting the spirit of the age now. So they're going to promote her. That's why, you know, and same thing works the other way. Why did they go after Dr. Cole? Because the light was real and they want to snuff it out. If what he was telling you wasn't true, there'd be none of this would be happening. It's be, it's happening because it was. So again, rcolemd.com is where you can go. And man, I know money's tight right now in the let's go branded economy. I get it. But if you can spare a couple of shekels for somebody who has spared a lot of his time at great risk to a lot of us the last few years, it would be appreciated. rcolemd.com. Let's get to three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. Indeed, it is time for three non-political questions. Brought to you by our friends at Relief Factor. If you are struggling with chronic pain, that's because of too much inflammation in your joints, probably. We've got the drug-free anti-inflammatory for you, even though it was created by physicians who can prescribe drugs, but they do know, like we were just saying about your liver a few minutes ago, they do know that, hey, those drugs can be great, but they can also tax other functions and organs in your body. And so if there is a way to do something naturally or drug-free, and there not always is in a fallen world, but if there is, take advantage of it. And we think there's a 70% chance that this is what you're looking for, this drug-free product for your chronic pain. It's called Relief Factor. And why are we saying we think there's a 70% chance? Because about 70% of the people who try this with the three-week quick start for just three weeks for 20 bucks see such progress in just those three weeks that they stick around using the product long term. See, if you don't see a difference in your pain in just three weeks or less, and it's just 20 bucks to find out, what do you got to lose? Relieffactor.com is where you can go. Relieffactor.com or call them at 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. Anastasia, good to see you, princess. Hi. How are we feeling, mama? Good. Went to Hy-Vee this afternoon and I looked at the guy and I said, can I please just have a bowl of rice and two egg rolls? That's all I want. And he gave me a weird look and he handed it to me and I am now I'm happy. So I'm good. Because Autumn is happy. <laughs> because Autumn is that happy. Is, that is what Autumn wanted. Autumn wanted a bowl of rice and two egg rolls. 
very random assortment of foods. <laughs> I'm just living my best life over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you got for three non-political questions for us? Okay. So my first question is, everything in your house catches fire. You have, pl- you have enough time to go in and save your loved ones and any pets you have. And then you have just like a sliver of amount of time to make a final dash to get one item. What would that item be and why? So your loved ones are safe and Cap is safe. He is secure. Pooping okay. everywhere during the fire, most likely. Don't. <laughs> Don't. Because <laughs> that's one way Cap will not be safe. All right. Um, I, given the urgency of the moment, I think I would run in and and it can only be one thing though one item then i i think i would grab the closest family picture that i would be able to safely get a hold of and reach i think because knowing your mom like everything else is like upstairs in a keepsake <laughs> secure box and we'll need four passwords and three keys. You know? yeah. And we don't have time for that right now, right? So everything else in there of value, of, of keepsake value or legal medical value is, is in that box, all right? Which, knowing your mom also, will probably survive the fire because it's made of titanium. <laughs> so we'll, we'll recover that in the, in the ashes. But I, I think I would run in and grab um, the, the closest family portrait or keepsake of all of us that I could reach safely, I think is probably what I go in for. Todd, what about you? Uh, firearm, because it was probably an arsonist and I got to go get him. Oh, Todd, <laughs> dang it, that was going to be was my that your answer. answer. <laughs> I was going to go grab my AR and go after the arsonist. Nailed it. My wife last night made me quiver. I asked her if Hold I could. Hold on. Family, asked, family show, bro. Family show. I asked her if I could buy a new concealed carry and she said yes. Oh, okay. So I'm going to do that. Uh, I still okay. remember that moment because I had been working on my wife for a while. And then right before, well, it was, you know, after COVID. And I was like, honey, you realize that? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> Have you reconsidered, Steve? No, I'm, I'm Just still going to. Just one in the truck? No, I'm still going to go for the family keepsake. Okay. Yep. I'm just going to go for that. I'm a lover, not a fighter. That's that's well known about yeah, me. It is. <laughs> that is. That's like the number one thing Over. I hear about you all like, the time. You, you Google Google searches. Yeah. Type in Steve Dason at Google, and lover, not a fighter yeah, shows up. Yeah, peaceful right? comes up. Yes. Calm comes up. Yes. Non-combative. Uh, restrained. Kelsey is is Mr. Pfizer. You're you're Mr. Hugs. <laughs> yes. Everybody knows this. Yes. It's well documented. Yes. All right. Go ahead. Okay. So my second question for you guys is: Who is a guest that you have had on the show that you would not invite back? Oh boy, I won't say the name of this, but I was broken when, um, I won't tell you who it was, but our executive producer, Ricky, I had mentioned that I was talking to this person for something else. And I'll tell you guys who it was off the air. I won't say who it is on the air because it'll, 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 it'll crush many people. It crushed me. Okay. And um, I mentioned this to Ricky, our executive producer. She's like, oh, he's never allowed back here. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, we, he came in here once and was so rude to the staff and everything. Glenn said, never again, never, never in the building ever again. Now, folks, I don't, I don't know how many of you have ever met Glenn Beck, but what you get from Glenn Beck on the air is who he is. He is, he is that way. And of, of the quote unquote big stars in our, in our industry, 
I don't know any that are more magnanimous than he is. I mean, I, I can't even imagine, you know, like on election night, I could tell he was pissed at me, which was indicative of how broken I was that night. If I was so broken that Glenn is pissed at me for the way I'm behaving, then I'm, I'm really in a, I'm really in a sorry state. Okay. And if, if, if you have, if you have, if you've made it onto Glenn Beck's crap list, I mean, it, that's, you've got to work hard for that. Okay. And they're like, yeah, he'll, that person, he'll never be invited back here. I was like, wow. Wow. So is there anybody that, that we've said that about? Yes. <laughs> that was a I'm not going to say answer. this person's name, but this person was on the show, um, I think once or twice in 2022. And everybody's going to go through our podcast archives and send me emails. It was this person, I this person, that one. <laughs> this person has gone so far down the tubes that this person would like to try to have a baby with another person, even though it's not biologically possible. Am I being sufficiently, huh. um, sufficiently clandestine here? With yeah, I have no idea who you're talking about. So if you fooled no, me, I'm then like I, think dying the, to I, think, know. I think the audience, after the show, I want you to tell me who that is. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say David French. Yes. You're going to go the same way? Yes. Yeah. I mean, there, there was, a, you want to talk about metamorphoses. See, the person I'm talking about went the complete opposite direction okay. as David French. Went the opposite. Yeah. Like, yep. 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 nutter yep. writer, like yep. off the, yep. okay. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to say French. There was a time when we first started out that he was the culture warrior of National Review. I mean, if you, yeah. I mean, if you, if you wanted the right wing culture opinion, on there was, I mean, people act like National Review has just suddenly become the uh, Surrender Caucus publication. I mean, I remember, I remember telling Byron York when he worked for National Review when he came here for the 08 caucuses, and we were all at Huckabee's uh, victory party that night, and he came over to talk to me. And he's like, what's the big message here? And I said, you go back to your fellows at National Review and you tell them that you guys aren't going to shove Mitt Romney down our throats and pick our nominee for us. We'll, we'll make our own decisions here. Thank you very much. That's what I told him. So this idea that they, that they just kind of started this is, no, that's not true, okay? Um, and, but during that era, French's was like the go-to to, you know, he was like the, the one person still at National Review on the, on the regular staff who was still like hard right on the culture issues. You remember this. Yes. And now he's just like, you know, he's essentially become Rob Bell, he, you know. And he and his ilk are not solely responsible but they are highly responsible for the current climate now where you you can't criticize Trump at all for for valid reasons and then and in the hopes that he reforms and it because the reaction on the other side to the David Frenches of the world created this this void where you simply you must be hysterical on mm -hmm. one side or the other. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you. I won't tell you who it was. I, yesterday, Daniel texted me. Daniel Horowitz did, and he's he's like, you know, I hate this language, man. But 
I'm, he goes, I'm, I'm just, I regret that I helped this person ever break into this business. I won't tell you the name. He's literally become a Nazi. I mean, he's like, I'm I'm watching his commentary on Israel and he's like a literal Nazi. I don't know what happened to this guy, but I'm sorry to bring, similar to Glenn, but the other way. All right. Do you know how extreme you have to get for Daniel Horowitz to say, he's a nutter. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like... Similar to how how much of a douchebag do you have to be for Glenn to say, don't ever let that person around ever again. How how incendiary do you have to get for Daniel to come to me and say, that guy is just crazy. Anyway, last question. Go ahead. Last question is, what is one thing from the 80s that you wish would make a comeback? The music. <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the movies. Yeah. College football. Uh, that too. Yeah. I think all those things are pretty good. I'm good with all reality. those answers. <laughs> yeah, reality. We, we yeah. believed in reality still. <laughs> yeah, we still believed in reality. Yeah. I mean, like, here's what, to the, a world where you could let your children out of the house yeah. and let them just walk the neighborhood. How about that? Now, that started to disappear with, oh, yeah, well, there was, with, with what happened with the abductions we, of that era. But that was kind of the last era that that was still the case. Yeah. I walked out of my house... My parents knew where I was going, but yep. we were gone the whole day, and we rode our bikes through neighborhood after neighborhood. We, like, that's not reality anymore. I wouldn't necessarily bring back the language, man, because by 12, we were, like, cussing like <laughs> sailors, like, all the time, okay? So I don't know that I'd bring that back. And you see that reflected in the movies of the era, like Goonies yeah. and stuff. You probably don't remember. We tried to have you watch, when you were little, some of the 80s movies your mom and I grew up on. And, you're and like, we put in we put in Goonies, because we both had, uh, loved that movie. And like 10 minutes into you that, know. we looked at each other and said, we cannot <laughs> let our children see this. You don't think they're cussing <laughs> now, though? Yeah, well, no. yeah, Animal. I hear you. Yeah, that's true. Good to see you, Princess. Thank you. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, final thoughts here in the minute we have remaining. I think when Ben is old enough to, like, wander around the neighborhood, I'm just going to, like, put an air tag in his shoe so I can make sure he's not abducted. Is that is that helicopter parenting now? I don't think so. I think no. helicopter parenting is is um, following your child around the neighborhood. <laughs> it's helicopter parenting. When I, was, when I was growing up, now this was a very small town, you know, I would get on my bike... We lived out in the country, get on my bike, get on the, uh, you know, bike trail, I'd ride into town, pal around, ride to my friend's house, all of that stuff. Uh, but that was, again, a really small town. I wouldn't do that in exurbs or suburbs anymore. Uh, the police state is not, it, that's not a cautionary tale. It's not a, you know, warning about things to come if we're not careful. It, it's, it's here now. You saw an hour's worth of interviews that proves it. What are you prepared to do? You know what else I miss from the 80s? The hair. Like... Feathered hair? The, the chicks... No, the hair the chicks had. No, the chicks had. The I, big hair? I thought that hair looked good on those chicks in that era. I did. I missed that. Yeah. yeah. No? Yeah. No. I kind of... I, you watch it now, the hair and the makeup, I miss it. Those were good looks. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.